mostly important to me because I am a young black woman and I see how easy it is to dilute our power. It's important to me as somebody who attends an HBCU, who grew up in Alabama, who uh, relies on like certain parts of the economy that don't get as much attention, if such and such and so and so is not in office, so on and so forth, um, that that right is not infringed upon. Welcome back to the Live the Legacy podcast, a project brought to you by the Andrew Gibbon Foundation. And I was like, well, you know, let's actually thrive. I just don't want to like survive. You know, I actually want to live a full life and um, reap all the benefits that this democracy has been promised us. So. Today we are joined by Nife Olufasoye. Nife is a Milwaukee-raised millennial born in Lagos, Nigeria. Currently, he is the organizing director for Black Futures Lab, where he works to make black communities powerful in politics. Nife holds his BA in political science from Marquette University. During his undergraduate career, Nife worked as a campaign manager for various political campaigns and became a member of the Epsilon Tau chapter of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, where he was elected chapter president. His passion and commitment to serving others were the catalysts for his decision to pursue a career in public service and political organizing. Developing a comprehensive and analytical understanding of public policy and addressing social issues tugged on his innate ability to lead and serve his community. He will continue to use his talents and ability, coupled with a background in political organizing, to make a positive contribution to our global community. Nife is joined today by Amaya Reardon. Amaya is from Dalton, Alabama, and is a senior communications media major, honors scholar, and presidential scholar at Alabama A&M University. Amaya serves as an ambassador for the Andrew Goodman Foundation and her university's civic engagement team. She's also the president of her College Democrats chapter and the chief of staff to the executive president of the Student Government Association. She likes to read anything and everything in her free time, perfect bread recipes, try new foods, critique movies, and volunteer as a summer camp counselor. Without further ado, please enjoy this week's episode of Live the Legacy. My name is Nife Olufasoye. I'm the organizing director with Black Futures Lab, which was founded in 2018 by our principal, Alicia Garza. Um, we work locally, statewide, and nationally to one work with Black people to transform our communities, but also build Black political power while changing the way power operates within our communities. Very, very cool. I actually uh, was at a talk that Alicia did a couple of years ago at UAH here in Huntsville. Oh, that's dope. Yeah, full yeah. circle. Uh, so I'll ask you one of the questions that we have here, which is what drew you to work in voting rights? And can you describe the moment you knew that you needed to become an advocate for voting rights? Yeah, I can't say it was one moment. Um, it was probably like a series of moments that, that you know, further intensified my participation within 
um, voting rights and political organizing, generally speaking. Um, I'll probably say the first was like my immigration to the United States and like my family trying to get afloat and get our feet under us, uh, you know, transitioning from Nigeria to America. Um, um, as y'all might already know, you know, immigrants come to this country without many rights. And one of those is, is not voting. Um, so with that, you know, you're existing within a system um, that governs your life and how you operate, what you have access to. Um, yet, you know, you're existing, but yet you have no, no voice to change it, no power to dictate, um, you know, the mechanisms uh, within it, within, within the system. And it affects you in a type of way that is, you know, nine times out of 10 disadvantageous. So uh, with that, my parents didn't have the right to vote. Um, they were struggling to, you know, gain access to um, good paying jobs. Um, and as an immigrant, your life in a different country is essentially political because, you know, you have to be aware of what's yeah. going on because it just affects you just um, that much more. Um, so seeing my parents, you know, struggling that type of way, um, but also knowing that there was something that could be done to change that was big for me as a kid. Like, you know, I was coming up when Barack Obama was first elected as president. So that was big to see a black man up there, but also told me that I had a voice to, to change the way power operated. So as a kid, um, I joined a bunch of, uh, you know, youth organizing groups, um, but also like supported my parents through their naturalization process so they can, you know, gain access um, to, to their rights as a citizen and fully participate. Um, while I was in college, I was working for the, the County Board of Supervisors, which is like the governing body for the, the county in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And there I also learned about, you know, how a lot of formerly incarcerated people don't have access to the ballot, even after they've, you know, served their time and paid their debt back to society. And I felt that was kind of, you know, unfair. Yet again, another situation where, you know, some people are paying taxes, uh, they're paying into a, into a system, but they're not reaping any of the benefits, aren't, aren't able to change any, um, aren't able to change the way it operates to make it better for them. So I think, you know, just that my personal story and then some of the work that I've done um, from the organizer standpoint, just further intensified my, my passion for one, making sure that folks have access to the ballot box, but we also expand that opportunity for, for many others within our community. Okay, that's, that's so, so I have a sort of a follow up question to that you mentioned that. Uh, so you immigrated over here when you were, how old were you? I was uh, eight years old. I actually turned nine on the plane. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so I know that I have friends and just being in this space, I've heard people who say that particularly their parents, but sometimes even their older siblings are a bit more reluctant to get involved because they kind of have this idea that they're just grateful that like this country took them in, you know, mm -hmm. sort of. Um, so do you think maybe your age or anything like that um, influence your willingness to speak up? Yeah, um, I think it definitely took some encouragement um, being around like young folks like myself, um, being in spaces where we can freely talk about like the pressures that we felt within the, so the society we existed in. So like I mentioned that, um, that youth um, activism space that I was working in, specifically they're called Urban Underground and they work in high schools across the city of Milwaukee to get young folks more politically engaged and advocate, advocate for a bunch of like issues that 
were super important to me at the time, which was like student loan debt, um, the criminalization of, of young black folks uh, across our community. So like being able to participate in spaces like that, like one um, gave me an example of how to want to address power, um, but also build power within our, my community. So I think that kind of encouraged me um, to be more politically engaged. I think, you know, my parents were very politically conscious. Um, we, we came over here in like 2002. And I don't know if you remember, you know, 2001 was when September 11 happened. And um, as a result of that, the country was in a space where, you know, immigrants weren't looked at <laughs> in the best light. Um, so from them, it was like, okay, you know, let's like, you know, uh, get along and like, just try to make this situation work. Um, and I was like, well, you know, let's actually thrive. I just don't want to like survive. You know, I actually want to live a full life and um, reap all the benefits that this democracy has been promised us. So um, I think, you know, having that space where um, I can engage, learn, um, you know, really encourage me to, you know, to get engaged. Wow, absolutely. That's so uh, intriguing. This sort of folks thrive when they have community and that that shows up over and over again so the next question I have as is basically at this time 19 states have enacted 33 laws that make it harder for Americans to vote do the types of anti-voter laws being passed impact young people around 18 to 29 year olds ability to vote and if so why yeah they definitely do um we believe this is about power, essentially. It's a power grab. Um, it's about who has it and who doesn't. Um, these laws are a strategy to want to rig the rules so that Black communities, communities of color, young people of color don't have the power to make decisions on the issues that impact our lives, and including who represents us. Um, and you know that's why the work we're doing at, at Black Futures Lab is so important and why I stay in this fight. Um, these laws are being created to keep communities who who are seeking to fight for justice and for change away from the polls and away from political power. So um, to answer your question, (laughs) um, they definitely do. And we need to collectively work together to advocate against them and elect um, public officials who will be, you know, countering this strategy and uh, work in the best interests of communities of color and, and young folks. Okay, so that kind of touches on the next question. It also touches on the follow-up question that I thought about. So I heard a quote, right? Uh, when I was watching something, I don't think it was 13th. I really don't recall what it was, but they were saying that basically you can't really outvote voter suppression, right? The intention is to make sure that the people can't vote in the first place so they could go and they could say my name is such and such and so and so but if their vote doesn't count then that just is what it is and it kind of perpetuates that cycle Mm -hmm. so how can people who are listening join your work and uh sort of a separate question that kind of feeds into that one is like what's one issue that you're passionate about advocating for that would help to expand access to the ballot okay um so i'll take that question in part um, so the first piece I would say is like critical to want to invest in mobilization and turnout year round, uh, not just when an election is, is around the corner, but like, how are we developing 
um, the, the capacity of young folks to organize on college campuses? How are we um, expanding the, the capacity of young folks to organize in community colleges um, and in just like gathering spaces where, where we're at to build the power needed to one, um, have the voting block needed to elect the type of officials um, that represent our values, but also properly wield the power that we have um, as one of the largest voting block in America right now, probably the largest uh, in a couple more in a couple more years. Um, with that in mind, you know our commitment has been to one um, provide capacity to grassroots Black-led organizations across the country. In 2020, um, we led our Black to the Ballot program where we resourced 15 Black-led grassroots organizations across nine states to do this type of work. Um, but it wasn't just to, you know, turn out voters, but it was really to engage folks about the values and their needs, right? Um, what did they feel would make them powerful and use that as the political agenda that we drive at every level um, of government. And through that, that work, we saw a large turnout in the folks that we talked to. I think we spoke to about 3 million voters um, ahead of the 2020 election. And I think it's that same type of effort that we just need to con consistently um, make an effort to in order to, to see that type of change. Um, if folks wanna get involved, uh, you can check us out at blackfutureslab.org. Um, we're also on all the social platforms. We need to get a TikTok fairly soon. That's the next thing. But uh, we're definitely on Instagram, we're on, on Twitter. And we're on Facebook. You can follow us at blackfutureslab.org. If you go to our website, there's a volunteer action network that folks can sign on to. And on there, you'll get connected directly to all the actions that, um, that we're engaged in. We actually have a storytelling event coming up fairly soon um, where folks are going to be sharing their story of resilience during this time. Um, we're doing a little film screening um, that's related to Christmas um, fairly soon. So Folks should definitely hop on that. Um, it's always a, a good vibe and, and, and good times had on, on those calls as well. So that's a little bit about what we got going on. Perfect. Um, I'll definitely have to check out all those. I, I saw your name. I saw the organization. I was like, I've heard of them before. I've heard of them before, but I couldn't quite pin it. Uh, and then I realized, I think that, actually, I think AGF had an event with you not long ago. I was like, oh, oh really? Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, okay. That's, Connecting that's the dot. I remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and we, we a, work with, oh, what were you about to say? No, you're good. <laughs> oh, no, oh um, yeah, I was just saying, we also do, we do some work in, um, in Birmingham. I don't know how far that is from your campus, but we work with some community groups out there. So maybe it might've been like them sharing out some of our materials too on, on y'all's campus, because I know they work with college students. They do some stuff in the churches um, called uh, Greater Birmingham Ministries, really dope group. And then we work with uh, Take, um, another great group working with trans folks out in, um, in Alabama doing similar type of things around voter engagement, but also de uh, developing a capacity of that community to, to, um, to lead at the, at the public level. Have you been to, have you ever been to Alabama? Yeah, yeah, I was in okay. Birmingham not too long ago, yeah. I went okay. to uh I was in City Hall. That that building is so crazy. I was like <laughs> they had like cotton picking murals. I was like, "Oh my god, like this is really wild what's going on right now." So, you have to yeah. come to Huntsville. We okay. were we were in the union here. Okay. We don't have that. <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to check that out.
I kind of want to hone in on you've been doing this work for a little while mm-hmm. so you've seen kind of how I don't know if ebbs and flows is the right word but I'll say how controversy and how the sort of news cycle uh can be a lot mm-hmm. right for somebody who is doing this work mm-hmm. uh and just sort of keeping yourself in like a good like mental space so you can continue to do the work right. uh, do you have any advice for young people about that in particular about how they can kind of keep their passion but also not burn out yeah and that is real i've definitely went through my ebbs and flows in terms of like super energetic you know doing all the things and then um knowing when to like fall back and kind of protect yourself um for me, I, you know, I just came off of the, the Virginia state statewide election. So I was working on the ground there trying to turn out um, black folks in the Petersburg area and Newsport News. That's like Hampton Roads, Hampton University is over there, too. Um, and I was super tired after that campaign. I was like, I need some time off. So um, with that in mind, I like, you know, talk to my boss about it. Um, Alicia, super understanding and accommodating. She's like, oh, yeah, take some time off. I know you're tired. Um, so we're really big on one, um, prioritizing self-care within our organization. So we have a policy where folks can like take a week off, um, each quarter, uh, we do it as a, as an organization that really helps us, um, stay resilient during this, during these times. Um, so I would ask young folks, you know, as they're applying to jobs and looking to do this type of work, you know, find organizations that really prioritize self-care and the, and the preservation of their staff, you know, over the long haul. Um, personally, I'm really big on, um, on music. So I, I play music, um, that helps me just like relax. Um, I'm big in the sports. Um, so that helps me kind of decompress as well. Um, I also have like a, a very strong, um, support group. So like, um, I was part of like, uh, NLC, which is on, I think it's called new leaders council. And, um, they work with like young leaders across the country to one network but also like be together within this fight um you know one you know they have like different trainings on like uh work-life balance um but it's also a space just to like talk and just de-stress um so that's really big for me i'd also say like find a mentor like if there's like a someone that's doing this work and you know you aspire to be like them you know reach out uh, I'll probably say like the Twitter DMs is probably the easiest way because they probably get plenty of emails and uh, plenty of LinkedIn messages. But sometimes a DM on Twitter might, might be the easiest way to just get in contact with some, someone and, and pick their mind on something. So I would say do that. Um, if you have like a, a cohort of friends um, that y'all can just like chat and have like a real talk about what you're experiencing, like I'm not crazy, but <laughs> is this what is actually going on right now? Like that was super helpful for me as a kid um, just to like contextualize um, what's been going on. And then I would also say like, have patience with yourself. Like you don't have to learn everything all at once. You don't need to be like the subject matter expert on every, any and every issue. Like pace yourself. This is a long fight and, um, and, you know, help out, help out within your capacity. Like, like don't, don't try to, uh, overextend yourself because then you're just going to end up you know dropping all the balls figure out where your talents can be best focused in and just do that really well um so yeah that's you know some of the, the things that that i would share 
that's very it's very important i know sometimes uh even myself somebody said over the summer that a lot of people in gen z are like a mile wide and an inch deep i was like (laughs) that cut that cut a little bit but i understand what they're saying and i sometimes i kind of take the pressure to want to be an expert in everything or want to be an expert in this one area yeah i'm like okay I'm I'm an undergrad. Like I'm getting my bachelor's of arts in communications media. I don't have to know everything no, that's don't. happening in Glasgow right now. No. But <laughs> regardless, um, thank you, thank you. So the last question we have here, I may end up having a follow up question because I like to talk. But the question is, what gives you hope at the moment, and how would you encourage? So I, this kind of goes into the question I asked, but it says, how would you encourage the next generation of activists? to maintain hope in the face of multiple challenges? Yeah, um, a lot of stuff's giving me hope right now. Um, what happened in May uh, last year is giving me hope how how folks across the country showed up for um, George Floyd, but also showed up for our communities, um, showed up for the issues that have been affecting us for so long. And I've definitely seen like that energy carry on into this year. Folks might be tired, but they're aware. Um, and I think they they're ready. They they just need that extra battery in their back to to show back up again. Um, so that's been really um, inspiring for me. Um, folks like you that are doing like this long form content and having like really deep intentional conversations about um, what we need to do in order to address the issues um, affecting our communities. Like that's giving me hope. Like we aren't just like settling for like bite sized pieces of information. Like we actually digging into these things in a, in a meaningful way. So um that's given me a lot of hope i've also like recognized that you know a lot of my my friends um and just like strangers that i that i interact with now are like more willing just like to talk about what's going on um politically i feel like growing up that wasn't really a um a big part of like just regular discourse but um nowadays you know it's you know it's cool just to talk about hey what do you think about you know this you know this 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 bill that's about to be passed fairly soon, like, um, and have like real dialogue about it and, and dig through those type of things. So um, that's giving me hope that people are becoming more aware um, and that they're tying their passion to their awareness. Um, I think for us too, we've also seen like a large increase in like how volunteers and folks have like showed up in terms of like the political engagement um, opportunities that we offer. So hopefully, you know, that momentum carries on into the 2022 midterms where we have a, um, the opportunity to also, you know, change the way government works again. And uh, we seize this opportunity and uh, continue that momentum. So I'll, I'll say those are the, the those are the big things. Um, aside from that, I love how folks are like experimenting with new forms of political engagement, um, like peer to peer is really big now. Um, relational organizing is finally um understood as one of the best methods of getting folks more politically engaged like i'm not gonna watch a tv ad and go and go and rally but if like you know one of my homies has a conversation with me um about an issue that's going on how it's tied to how they're being affected i'm more likely to show up so i'm glad that folks are starting to kind of like utilize that more um in the way that they're thinking about like engaging folks around political issues so um yeah the people the strategies are changing. Um, I think awareness is increasing. So yeah, those are the main things that give me hope right now.
probably what has given me the most hope is seeing the people who are coming up behind me. So sometimes as, and not to make it sound like I am an elder, right? <laughs> I'm not 50 years old, like, you know, but I, uh, in this context of being in university, I am one of the elders because I'm a senior and seeing the students who are juniors and sophomores and freshmen kind of picking up where the seniors are leaving off, having that similar sort of motivation and knowledge and knowing that we will be okay is something that gives me hope, I believe. I kind of have to trust that we'll be okay. <laughs> so uh, that that that's basically what has given me hope. But I was just gonna say, I know sometimes I have things that opinions that I stand on, not necessarily opinions, but it's just something that I want people to hear that I've thought about. Is there anything, any parting words that you have on that? Oh, that's big. Um, I would say organizing can take on different forms. Um, it could be you talking to your friends. It could be you um, being a leader within your community. Um, it could be you voting. So don't think that your your voice doesn't matter or um, or like the little effort that you're putting in isn't significant. Um, just taking an hour out of your day to go volunteer and knock on some doors and talk to voters is a great way to, to want to engage your community and build power around a bunch of the issues that we just talked about earlier. So um, I'll just encourage everyone to find simple ways to get engaged, um, whether it's, you know, engage in a text bank or join our volunteer action network or listen to a podcast about <laughs> some of these issues. Um, um, no effort is small um, and they all uh, contribute to the, to the greater goal. This concludes this week's episode of Live the Legacy podcast. Thank you so much to our guests. And if you would like to learn more about the Black Futures Lab, be sure to check out today's show notes. And if you liked the episode, please leave a review and subscribe. It makes it so much easier for everybody else to find us. A special shout out to Tabeek Music for all of the music that you heard on today's episode. Until next time, this has been your host, Mo Banks. Thanks for listening.